Welcome to this edition of Back to Basics with Pastor Brian Broderson. As a Christian, you're on a journey. You're saved. You're not on a journey to see if you're going to make it to heaven. You're already going to make it to heaven because you put your faith and trust in Christ. The journey you're on now is a journey of transformation. It's a journey of conformity. You are being conformed to the image of God's Son. And one day, you're going to look just like Jesus. Today on Back to Basics, Pastor Brian continues his study in the book of Ephesians. Join us as Pastor Brian concludes his teaching on Ephesians, chapter 3, verses 14 through 21, in a message titled, Knowing the Love of Christ. Now, here's Pastor Brian. Paul's prayer is that we would have those roots that go down deep, that that foundation would be solid, that we would be rooted and grounded, notice, in love. Rooted and grounded in Christ's love for us and rooted and grounded in love as the foundation for our lives and and everything that we do together collectively. You know, it's when I am established in God's love that I'm going to thrive. It's when I'm established in God's love that I'm going to be most fruitful. It's when I'm established in God's love that I'm going to be most stable, like that that building with a firm foundation. And so that's the request, that they would be rooted and grounded in love in the love of Christ. And, and listen, if we are personally, and then together collectively, if we are rooted and grounded in love, what's the atmosphere of our church going to be? It's going to be an atmosphere of love. Oh, love is the great need in the world today. It always has been. You know, it's interesting when you look at the New Testament and, and you just you know kind of boil things down to, to the essence when you look at the church, when you look at what God is, is aiming for through his church, what he's really aiming for is a community where true love is the atmosphere. Because this is so radically distinct and always has been radically distinct from what goes on out in the world. The world is a place, as we pointed out before, it's a place full of division, and the divisions are based on selfishness. The divisions are are based on animosity toward other people, hatred in some cases. You think of all the conflicts happening today, the Middle East things that are going on, the things that are going on over in uh, parts of Europe, Russia, the Ukraine, all of, you know, we look at it and it's it's these, these conflicts, missiles and ground troops and these kinds of things. Yeah, it's that. But, but what's behind that? What's behind that are the hearts of men that hate others, that have hostility and animosity toward others. That's the world, whether it's showing itself through the launching of missiles or it's showing itself through people cursing at one another and shaking their fist at one another. That's the world. The church is to be the opposite of that. God's desire for the church is that it would be a place where you would come and you would just breathe the atmosphere of love. You would sense that there's love, that there's acceptance, 
that there's true concern and care for people. That's, that's the environment that God intends for his church. And so that's what he's praying for, as I said here. That's the deep desire of the Spirit for us, the people of God, and being rooted and grounded in love that we may be able to comprehend what is the width and length and depth and height to know the love of Christ that passes knowledge. The, the width and length and depth and height of the love of God, that we would know that. Somebody put it like this. God's love is wide enough to encompass all mankind. God loves all people. He loves all people groups. There's no one preferred people group in the sense of ethnicity or culture or anything like that. God loves all the people of the world. Jesus loves the little children, all the children of the world. Little children grow up to be adults. God loves them too. God loves everyone. His love is wide enough to encompass all mankind. It's long enough to last for eternity. It's deep enough to reach the most degraded sinner. Do we know that? Do we remember that? Do we realize that? God's love is so deep. Paul's praying that we would know, that we would comprehend the depth of the love of Christ. How deep is his love? Jesus died on that cross for every single person who ever lived or will live and for every sin they ever committed. There's not a single person that has ever lived that God did not love with a deep, deep, deep love. There's nobody on the planet today, regardless of who they are, regardless of the, the depth of their depravity and wickedness, there's no one that God doesn't love. And, and because of his love, Christ died for them. And because of his love, he's desiring to reach them and save them. That's how deep the love of Christ is. There's, there's no one. It's too far gone. I was reading last night, I think it was, uh, maybe it was a Twitter by Joel Rosenberg or a, took me to his blog or something. Uh, but Joel, some of you know who Joel Rosenberg is. He's written much on, on Israel. He's a Jewish believer. He's very passionate about Israel and the things that are happening there right now. He's keeping close tabs on what's going on in this struggle between the Israelis and Hamas. And anyway, the thing that he was saying, he was saying, don't stop praying for these Hamas guys, even the leaders. He said, because I've been all over the Middle East and I have met people and interviewed people who formerly were terrorists with Hamas or Hezbollah or PLO or whatever, and now they're followers of Christ. So he was saying, pray for these guys. Pray that God will reach them. You know, some people would look at them and just say, you know, God should nuke them. God, God can't save terrorists. They're too wicked. They're too evil. They've, they've perpetrated these horrific acts upon innocent people. But the fact of the matter is, they can be saved. Because the love of Christ is so deep that it reaches even to the most degraded sinner, and then it's high enough to exalt us ultimately to heaven. I thought that was good. 
Those are good points. They're true. Each and every one of them are right. But notice his prayer is that we would comprehend, but now here's the key, that we would comprehend with all the saints what is the width and length and depth and height and to know the love of Christ. With all the saints is a key here. You see, I can experience the love of God to some degree as an individual. Of course I can. The love of God is poured out in our hearts by the Holy Spirit. That's an individual experience. God loves me individually. And I can have these experiences of God's love just as a person between me and my Savior. But I experience more of his love when I do it in community with other believers. You see, God has not created this new thing called the church this whole new community so that we who are members of it would then isolate ourselves from it. But we do that sometimes, don't we? We isolate. We say, well, I know God loves me and I experience God's love in my room at home when I'm praying and doing my devotions. You should pray. You should do your devotions. And it's wonderful to experience the love of God. But It doesn't stop there. We can only experience the fullness of this love that Paul's talking about it as we do it in community with God's people. Think about just, you know, if you're by yourself, let's just say, let's just take take even God out of the picture for a minute. Just, you know, by yourself, how much love do you experience by yourself? You're just hanging around with yourself. Man, I love myself. This is great. Wow, this is, oh, I just feel so in love. This is wonderful. No, you don't, right? No, you need another person. You need somebody to love, somebody to love you. That's what love is. It's something you experience between other people. Now, yes, of course, we have that with God, but God intends that we have it with each other. And that comprehending the width and the length and the depth and the love of Christ, to know his love in the deepest sense, we've got to do it all together. So I can't isolate myself. Now, we live in an interesting time in history, and you know there's many wonderful things that we have at our fingertips today with technology. We have the ability to edify ourselves through just you know clicking on something. And we can get a great message from the Word of God, from a gifted Bible teacher that's going to strengthen and encourage us. But the the downside of it is we could easily end up isolating ourselves from the people of God because I'm satisfied just listening to my podcast and getting encouraged by my favorite Bible teacher here. But I'm, I'm not engaging with other Christians. I'm not in fellowship in the sense that we're praying together and we're building each other up through mutual sharing of the scriptures or we're telling one another about the things that God's doing in our lives. You see, that's what we're talking about. That has to happen. And if we're missing out on that, then there's a whole dimension of God's love that we're never going to comprehend because Paul is praying that we would comprehend with all the saints. So there's that component. So don't isolate yourself. You say, look, I'm here. What else do you want? I'm at church. Come on, (laughs) give me a break. Well, here's what I'm saying. That's good. It's great that you're at church. But, you know, you can isolate yourself even being gathered with the people of God. 
You can come in and just kind of go off over by yourself and sit there and not talk to anybody and listen to the message and then get up and leave and you, you don't have any fellowship. We have to resist that. We have to fight against that. You have to take steps. You have to get engaged. You have to make yourself vulnerable and put yourself out a bit and, and get with others. So it's possible, even in a setting like this, to still be isolated, but God wants us to come together. He wants us to engage. Lots of people go to church on Sunday, but the rest of the week, they have no engagement with the people of God. In the context of fellowship, that's where we need to be plugged in to whatever, a Bible study, a community group, whatever, a place where you can get strengthened and built up and edified because we comprehend these things with all the saints. I was speaking to a friend this past week. He's from Stockholm, Sweden, and he loves Calvary Chapel. He's been here for, he's been here occasionally for months at a time over the years, and he's come to really appreciate this church in particular, the ministry of Calvary Chapel, but he doesn't have this back in Sweden. And he was telling me the other day as we were talking, he says, you know, not having the fellowship that I have here at Calvary back home, I've been involved in a lot of other churches. He said, I've seen a lot of things. And he kind of put the spectrum from the charismatic over here all the way over to the uh, the really staunchly reformed. And he said this, he said, and you know, I, I found in each one that there are good things. He said, I, I prefer the, the kind of the philosophy and the atmosphere and just the methodology of Calvary Chapel. But, but I've also found that there are good things in these other churches that I've been to. And he said, and I think it's so important that we don't just dismiss these other groups of Christians because we don't agree with every point, but that we take the good that they have and we get blessed by it. And then we in turn, you know, give something back to them. And as he said that, I, I just, it resonated with me how true that really is. Sometimes because a person doesn't line up exactly with the way we think or feel about something, or they don't believe it exactly the way we think it ought to be believed, we just sort of dismiss them entirely. Okay, well, they don't agree with me on that, so I don't care about anything they think or have to say. That's a mistake. Because even though you don't agree on that, and, and perhaps they're actually even wrong, but in another area, they might have something to offer. They might have a, a real strength that would be a blessing. I don't agree with the reform position on a lot of things, but man, there's some sharp reform guys out there that they, they hit the nail on some stuff that I appreciate. And I'm thankful for their ministry. I don't agree with every finer theological point with them. But you know, God has this diversity within the family. And we have to recognize we will be poorer if we refuse to accept the blessing that God has given to other parts of the church. We will be poorer because we can only comprehend the width and the length and the depth and the love of Christ. We can only comprehend it with all the saints together. Everybody's got something to offer. And let's not forget that. We're going to head off to England, as you heard, 
and we're going to go to this festival, and we're going to be with people that are Baptists and Pentecostals and Anglicans and Methodists, and we're going to have a great time worshiping the Lord together. And not everybody's going to agree theologically on some of the things, but we do agree on the main things, that Jesus Christ is Lord, that he died for our sins, that he rose from the dead, that he's coming again, you know, those things. The Bible is the word of God. Those, those are the things. So we have to resist this, this tendency to divide, which is a lack of love. We have to resist that. I mean, Jesus said that the great evidence of our being his disciples would be our love for one another. That would be the great evidence. He said it. A new commandment I give you, that you love one another as I have loved you. By this, all men shall know that you are my disciples. So you see, this is what Paul is praying for. And you think about it. This has been probably, and interestingly, Jesus prayed a similar thing in John 17. But this has been uh, the Spirit you know, leading them at the time to pray these things. But this has been the area where the church has been so weak and where the church has failed so frequently. It's been in the area of love. So this is the heart of God for us that we would experience, comprehend in the deepest ways possible, the love of Christ. And we do that together as a community of believers. We do that with one another. Remember the context here. He's talking, this is all he's talking about. This, this whole thing, this mystery, God's bringing everybody together in this one family. And now he says, okay, I, I need to pray that we all get this. I need to pray that we experience what God intends in bringing all of this together, to know the love of Christ that passes knowledge. Paul is, this is what you call a paradox. Things that seem to contradict, but they don't because they're spiritual things. So how do you know, he's praying that we would know the love of Christ that you can't know fully. Well, that's the key, fully. It's not that we can't know the love of Christ. Certainly we can, but we can never know it fully or completely. We can never exhaust the love of Christ. You can never come to a place where you have exhausted the love of Christ. There's no more love of Christ that I can experience. You can never come to that place. That's what Paul's praying, that you would comprehend, but you could never exhaust it. So then fourthly and finally, he prays another thing that seems a bit paradoxical, that you would be filled with all the fullness of God. How could we who are finite be filled with the infinite? So you see, there's a bit of a paradox there. But yet at the same time, there is that ability to be filled with, or maybe even a better idea is filled unto all the fullness of God. What he's really describing here is the idea of continued growth in the things of the Spirit, continued growth 
in Christ-likeness. You see, that's where everything's headed. That's where God is, is moving us to. He's moving us to likeness to Christ. As a Christian, you're on a journey. You're, you're saved. You're not on a journey to see if you're going to make it to heaven. You're, you're, you're already going to make it to heaven because you put your faith and trust in Christ. The journey you're on now is a journey of transformation. It's a journey of, of conformity. You are being conformed to the image of God's son. And one day, you're going to look just like Jesus. One day, you will be like him. We shall be like him, for we shall see him as he is, the Bible tells us. So being filled with all the fullness of God, the, the idea there is that we would be progressing, we would be growing, we would be uh, coming uh, more and more like Jesus. And Jesus, of course, was, among other things, he was the embodiment of God's love. So having prayed these things, he then ends everything with this. Now unto him who is able to do exceedingly abundantly above all that you could ask or think. You see, as Paul's praying these things, it's like he knows that he's, he's, the stuff that he's praying for is so magnificent. It's so glorious. It's so great. But now he's assuring us God's able to do it. God can do it. God can fill you with love. God can strengthen you with love. God can overwhelm you with his love. God can supply love for you that you could never, ever work up on your own. And he can overflow that love from you to others. You know, sometimes we think about the prospect of things ahead of us things that we don't know, and we think, well, how could I ever handle that, or how could I deal with the situation if it came up? This, God supplies us when the time comes. He's able to do above and beyond all we could ask or imagine. Can God fill us with this love? Can God create an atmosphere of love among us? Can God give you love for your enemies? Can God give you the ability to love somebody that naturally you could never love? Yes, he can. He can do above and beyond anything we can ask or imagine. God is more than able. The question really is, are we willing? Are we going to yield? Are we going to put ourselves in the place of community with the saints so that this fullness of God's love can work itself in us and through us? That's the question. Are we going to do that? I pray that we will. I encourage you to do that. Don't isolate yourself. Don't try to be that Christian who's just, you know, you're out there on your own. You're going to follow the Lord and you don't need anybody else. Oh, yes, you do. You need others. You need the people of God. You need the family of God. You need your brothers and sisters in Christ. You need the universal family of God because it's in that context that we will ultimately experience this great, deep love of Jesus. 
For the month of November, Back to Basics Radio is offering a book titled Gentle and Lowly, The Heart of Christ for Sinners and Sufferers by Dane Ortland. The world, the flesh, and the devil are constantly at war against us Christians, and sometimes we feel defeated, and at others we give in to the pressures of sin and compromise. But in those times, we should not expect harshness from heaven. We can expect the gentleness of Christ to draw us in all the more, because it is God who sets the terms by which He loves us, no matter how unlovable we think we might be. So no matter what your sin or how long you've been sinning, Jesus will never cast you out. If you need to be encouraged about Jesus' unfailing love for you, or if you know someone that needs to know Jesus' love for them, we encourage you to call us right now at 1-800-733-6443 or visit us online at backtobasicsradio.com to order Gentle and Lowly, The Heart of Christ for Sinners and Sufferers by Dane Ortland. And when you give a gift to Back to Basics, we'll send you this book as our way to say thank you. We do appreciate your generous support of this ministry. We'd also like to remind you that all of our other resources are waiting for you at backtobasicsradio.com or by calling our request line at 1-800-733-6443. That's 1-800-733-6443. Our desire is to encourage you in your daily walk with God. We'll continue next time with more valuable insights from Pastor Brian as we study together in the book of Ephesians. Back to Basics is the preaching and teaching ministry of Calvary Chapel, Costa Mesa, California.